let light be there and the light was there. I hope this don't stop right. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa friends today I'm going to talk about meeting emotions with mindfulness and wisdom emotion is a wide range of mind states which are different from uh, feelings uh, Vedana and Pali's feelings but uh, the closest word I could find in Pali for emotions is chitta vega, which means, vega means speed, chitta means mind. So mind, which is speed, you know, spinning probably. <laughs> Not only speed, but also spinning. And then I went to the uh, search for the word itself uh, from the dictionary. They talk about emovar, French word. Um, my French is not so good. I did French for four years in high school, but maybe those who know about French, maybe, you know, emovar. <laughs> it's a very beautiful word. It actually means to agitate. And you, you can relate to that when a man feels agitated. So uh, I'm going to give a whole range of emotions, wholesome emotions, like generosity, loving kindness, compassion. But also there's unwholesome emotions, like greed, uh, fear, and uh, anger. But I, I think I'll give more examples on anger, because I think it's our common visitor. Hmm? I don't know about you. Is our frequent visitor. You know? So, I would like to dedicate this talk to those people who are frequented by <laughs> anger. And, those who are actually, and all those who are planning to have anger, this is good. <laughs> it's good for you. As I told you in uh, this tradition, we have so many lists, and we even create lists. I've created a list of how to precisely deal with emotions. It's going to be 12. Buckle up. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> but I don't want to cause this spiritual indigestion, so I'll go slowly by slowly, you know? 
So we'll cover them all. Actually, there's even more, actually. <laughs> I remember when I was teaching in Sri Lanka, I created a list of 100 ways of dealing with emotions. So you know I love the topic. <laughs> I love the topic, not so much for academic interests or intellectual entertainment. It's because I've gone through a lot of emotions. I don't know about you, but I've gone a lot through emotions. My, my fond memories of going through difficult emotions is when I left Bhavana Society and I was going to teach at Spirit Rock uh, many years ago. I think it was 2007. It was POC. They dropped me at the airport. Somebody lost the way and I just managed to arrive at the airport, Dallas Airport, very late. And I was getting close to my flight. And uh, back then, <laughs> there's a lot of searching at the airport, especially when you're bundled up in bed sheets like this. <laughs> <laughs> to them, it's bed sheets, actually. So uh, I reached the uh, security check. Male assist. They're announcing they want male assist to check me. I had my arms ball also. I put it in a screen machine. They told me that this arms ball has disorganized our x-ray. They've never seen anything like this. <laughs> Are you carrying bomb or what? That's my arms ball. <laughs> Say, yeah. I mean, let, open it. What's inside? You normally, when monks, we travel, we are very effective. We tend even to put our outer robe inside there mm -hmm. so that it's not a space there. So then, <laughs> I don't know how it looked like in X-ray, a big robe inside there. I think they had no clue what's going on. <laughs> but they figured it out later on, that it's just a, a robe inside the hands ball. And then they called it male assist. It took time, this guy to come. The guy took time, and I was, uh, I mean, the flight is getting close, you know. To, I am I, I, going to teach about probably even emotions <laughs> in the spirit rock. I mean, it's a challenge being, seeing the robes, and then it reminds you being a monk, you should keep it down, really. <laughs> And what you're going to do, you're going to teach people, you know. So, and here you are, you're going to miss a flight, and the implication is that somebody has already left. The one who dropped me at the airport, now is back, driving back. I don't have a phone, <laughs> and as a monk, always, I'm the first one to break the ice. POC, they say, you are the one to give the fire precept. You are the one to give the first talk. I looked at myself missing the, my flight and disappointing all the teachers. It was unbearable. And how it became unbearable is somebody's not coming to check me. You know? And finally, I saw something building up. Hmm? Building up, you know. Something building up. Wow, I felt it in the body. The disappointment, the worry, and all this. And then finally, he came. And start checking me. 
and say, can you really do like this, step like this? I step. And then, can I touch you here? Can I pet like this? I decided to develop a strategy so that I really slowed down how my mind was racing. Every time he was telling me to do something and like turn this way, stretch like this, I say, wow, gymnasium. I've been, I did my gymnastics in Uganda a long time ago. Say, wow, that's very good. And then he said, can I touch like this? I say, ah, reflexology. And then he said, like this. I said, this is a very good massage. Thank you very much. And the guy started laughing. And, and then I was so calm and peaceful. I found out, ah, emotions are beyond our control. But how we relate to our emotions can make a, di- a huge difference between being caught up in emotions and being free. By the time I left, he told me I made his day. <laughs> because he has never seen a happy passenger like that. I was enjoying, actually, really, truly, I was enjoying it. But before that, I'm telling you, it was really, really, like, my heart was palpating, like, really, really sweating. How can I miss this flight, you know? I was the last one, last passenger. <laughs> And they announced my name. I boarded a flight and arrived in Spirit Rock. And everything went well. Obviously. So I, when I speak about emotion, I have a direct experience. That's just a small part of my emotion thing. But uh, it has been always airports, actually, that really, really uh, reminds me, wow, these people are checking me like they don't go and find anything. <laughs> I keep this precept, 227 precept, and then where are you going to find something? I don't know. But anyway, they go ahead, and, but I sympathize with them. And I have a lot of mudita for them, and joy, and loving kindness, and compassion, because they're doing their work, you know. It's me who's missing the flight, you know. <laughs> so, now we go to the how to deal with emotions. I found out the most effective way to deal with emotions, by the way, emotions and feelings are different. I just want to make that distinction. Feelings are very well organized, at least from a Buddhist perspective. It's pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. You can keep on dividing them. Still, they are well organized, actually. You can divide them in many ways. Six feelings, 108 feelings, past, present, and future, internally, externally. So there's a lot of things you can play with, with feelings. Really very clear. I like 12 talk today. <laughs> Living beings there, they have also their Vedana. It, it, it was beautiful, actually, because I, I've listened to a, a kind of a scientific video which talks about microbiome. I don't know if you have... Those things, we are, they are actually, we are 10% of the entire thing, what we call us. The rest is 90% those beings. <laughs> it made me feel when you talked about Veda, and I said, wow, they are moody also. <laughs> no wonder we get emotionally hijacked, actually. Thank you very much for reminding me that. Maybe when you say, 
I'm angry. I mean, this is only 10%. (laughs) We should take it easy, actually. Next time you have an emotional roller coaster, take it easy. You are not alone. You are not the only one in need. (laughs) Seriously, let's talk about how to overcome emotions. Actually, uh, there are emotions which are very useful, like loving kindness, compassion, even moral shame and moral fear. In fact, the Buddha talks about these two emotions, moral shame and moral fear, uh, of course qualified as moral, uh, as protectors of the world. They protect the world. Uh, otherwise, we are going to indulge in all unskillful things, you know. So those you can keep, but there's some of them which are not so useful. Mm-hmm. They kind of trigger more emotion and more emotions. And if they are not checked, uh, then it becomes a problem. First approach is called right understanding, right view. Understanding the emotions that you are going uh, through, you know. Whether it's anger, you understand, oh, this is anger. This understanding, of course, from a Buddhist perspective, it has four aspects. One is, what's the problem? What's the issue? Hmm? It's emotion. That's what's going on. And what's the cause? We need also to track down what's the cause. And also, what's the solution? And also the way to the solution. Those are the, the four noble truths. Those are the standard teaching of the, the, the four noble truths, suffering, cause of suffering, happiness, and the way to happiness. So I'm using that template as the, our first line of approach when we have emotions. So you know what's emotion. It's a mind state. When it comes to the five aggregates, it belongs to mental formations, which is the third. Yeah, let me see body, feelings, perception, which is the fourth. Well, feelings belongs to the second aggregate, which is feeling, Vedana. So you know its position there. And uh, it's good to know it's just a mind state. And don't take it personal, as we've talked about already. It's only 10% of the whole thing, you know. So uh, then that's pretty easy to know that, okay, now... This is the emotion, so you, you try to understand it. Causes now. We've got to causes of emotions. I found some causes very interesting, actually. It's, they are given in a, the book called The Path of Freedom, Visudi, Visudi, uh, there's Visuddhimaga, which is the path of purification, uh, Vimuti Maga. This is called Vimuti Maga. It's a very th- it's a thick book like this. Wow, it, told, it talked about these causes of uh, emotions. But there they talk about causes of behaviors, like greedy behavior, hatred behavior, infatuations. But I thought of citing a couple of them just for your information. And they made a, sense, a lot of sense to me. One of causes is really based on past life, what you've done before. Uh, I don't know whether you, live up, be, you believe in past life, but I'll just flash it out for you. They are to, they are, I'm just going to be more specific to, let's say, anger. 
they're talking about if you had a past existence and you have perpetrated inimical deeds like killing, miming, and uh, capturing. Uh, so you become a walker in hate and also passing from, passing from hell or a serpent state. You are reborn here in this world and you become always angry, always very, you have a lot of anger. It goes on with also other emotions, but we won't finish this talk. If I went, I got every emotion. But this is a snapshot about having aversion. Anger. But when you look at it clearly, you may not maybe believe in past lives, but you look at some animals, or birds, some people even, they're still young, but they're full of anger. Then you wonder, where, where have they got the, this anger, you know? <laughs> so uh, for me, I'm just giving it to you there to think about it, but I don't know how many of you, again, who th think about past life, but for me it makes sense. There is another one, another cause which I found out also very interesting. It's called elements. Elements. We talked about four elements. This us, we are talking about elements. In this book, they are talking about the heightening of the two elements. And again, I'm going to give a snapshot of, uh, of anger. They talk about air elements, mobility, and fire element. When they are heightened, then you are a walker. That's your behavior, a walker in hate. So this has something to do with, the, with the, the elements, you know. And I said, okay, I didn't know about that, that the elements also can really be connected to the emotions. I went and started searching out some words that are English words that talks about fire elements and they talk about air elements. I found out the vocabulary they are using. It's just amazing. Look at these words, you blew up. <laughs> yeah? Flare up. Stormy. Agitated. Go off the, the deep end. Hit the ceiling. Fly off the handle. It's really <laughs> kind of uh, getting over there like movement, you know? And then we fire. Um, th that's a huge list of just fire. When we express how somebody is really angry, pissed off. Is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my Kiwi. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they use <laughs> ill temper, uh, slow burn, burn, fiery, fuming, hot, inflamed, raging, fiery, heat, heated, hot headed. <laughs> you, you, I think you can relate to it next time when you're angry, touch your head. <laughs> it might be boiling. Oh, make your blood boil. Fuming, hot under the collar. Steamed up, boiling. Is that, that, does, that, does that make sense to you? I think for me, I really concluded the, the, the real issues and the tissues. <laughs> I really concluded that way. We have it. Elements. <laughs> But what can we do? <laughs> it's the elements we have. 
And they are saying, this is a Buddhist book. It's actually not canonical, but this Buddhist literature, nevertheless, it's amazing how they are talking about when these elements are agitated. Then another course, which is something also was very interesting, again in that book, they are talking about uh, the, the, we call them humors, and uh, this is, a, I think, European concept in the medieval time, where they talked about these four, they are called four humans. One is blood, flame, and the collar, and another one is called black bile. They are talking about, especially for anger, they are talking about collar, which is yellow bile, which represents anger. I mean, that theory was revamped, actually. But it was very interesting. Those words are still surviving that are talking about when you have this in your body, which is that humor. They talk about if somebody is angry, is bilious, biliousness, bile, um, many, many words. Anyway, you search yourself. But you see how we are not far from the truth, talking about how things actually are in our body. Uh, and of course, at this moment, I want to remind you about microbiome. Somebody should make a research how those guys get agitated, actually and keep us into trouble. But the good news, here's the good news, that 10% of us, actually we can change them. That's the good news. Though they are 90% of what we are, but actually 10%, we can actually change the whole trend, whether they're agitated or what. Even the, the, they told me actually that they're responsible for our digestion, the control, this and that. I mean, it's just amazing what, what we actually, we human beings, we have a lot of beings actually doing a lot of the work, the digestion and all the things. We think we are only one eye, bante, what? No, there's more to that. <laughs> all right, so let's draw now, drive a little bit to the canon now. What are the causes? Buddha simplified them, is probably for greed, sensual desire, is unwise attention to the theme of beauty. So then that desire will come. It's very simple. Not so complicated like before we talk about elements. Maybe that's too complicated, but really Buddha made it clear that paying unwise attention to the theme of beauty, it brings in the desire, sensual desire and all that. And uh, for greed, uh, for hatred, anger is paying unwise attention to the theme of irritation. When you are irritated and you don't pay attention to it, then anger will kick in. And of course, even confusion, you can track it down to uh, paying unwise attention to the theme of, uh, of uh, lack of discernment between what's wholesome and unwholesome. Irrespective of the, of the cause, really, irrespective of the cause, the good news is that we can actually deal with it. Because I don't know how I'm going to change my elements and my human bio and all bio, microbiome. I cannot change those things, you know. But we can really change it based on what the Buddha taught. Of course, paying a wise attention to the theme of beauty uh, pay, is a solution, 
and paying wise attention to the theme of, uh, uh, of loving kindness. Uh, uh, we can really practice loving kindness, uh, compassion, to overcome anger. We can be wiser to overcome ignorance. By the way, when I talk about anger, it has a lot of cousins, mm-hmm. friends, eh? uh, sadness, fear, uh, a lot. <laughs> Anything to do with, I don't like this. You can name it, you can say irritation, resentment, grudge, rage, all those things are bunched together in those kind of range of emotions. So then the way to this would be the noble eight for path, actually. The whole noble eight for path can help you to deal with emotions. That's why my talk is about meeting emotions with mindfulness and wisdom. But I found out that still that's a huge list, and I want to make it smaller, you know, smaller. But making it smaller, maybe by making bigger, but you figure it out. We start. You know now right understanding is the first one. Second one is mindfulness. Right mindfulness is your next thing on the list, how to deal with difficult emotions. In this case, you need to practice what you call sense restraint. Your mindfulness at six senses. We have these six senses. One, two, three, four, touching and thinking. So all these six senses, if we practice mindfulness from time to time, at the moment of seeing, we become aware of seeing. At the moment of testing, Mm, testing, testing. Non-testing, I don't like it. Uh, food, you test, I don't like it. Then you are arousing anger, you know, aversion. So testing, hearing, hearing, then you come, oh, hearing, hearing. Seeing also, touching, thinking. So if you practice mindfulness at six senses, it helps actually even to prevent some of the emotions that can arise, that could arise easily. In meditation here, we don't have a lot of things that can provoke emotions, but still we have a few. I remember when I was managing a retreat in the Bhavana Society, there is a yogi, because it was cold, and the yogi was always putting on jackets. And he was making a lot of noise when he was walking away from the meditation. That became a very big problem. <laughs> What's also very interesting, people, when they hear a yogi, a fellow yogi, making noise, it becomes a problem. When the teacher is talking, there's no problem. <laughs> and even when birds are singing, there's no problem. I don't know how we make a problem between us. Human beings are very interesting, actually. <laughs> very, very interesting. Birds, I mean, you hear birds singing when you are meditating, no problem. But let one yogi start snoring. <laughs> Co- compassion go out of the window. 
I've been doing all these compassion sessions. I don't know how it quickly goes out of the window. <laughs> and even breathing. This, this yogi is breathing too much. I don't know about two liters too much. I mean, me, because I was a retreat manager for many years, I was the one who was getting notes, you know. I loved being this kind of doing thing. Because somebody would really complain something and say, what? You mean somebody shouldn't breathe hard? <laughs> is, this person is, is doing pranayama. What? I was in India, actually. I did pranayama, you know, the science of breathing. Yes, I can know exactly, you know, pranayama and mindfulness of breathing. But that can break Nibbana, I'm telling you, for most, most people. For most people, that would be the end of the world if somebody is breathing very hard. <laughs> Sometimes I laugh at myself. <laughs> then as a retreat manager, I used to get some notes, you know, there's no chocolate here. You know. <laughs> that became a problem. in the monastery. <laughs> There's not a whole lot here, but you know, minus TV and all the things. It's amazing how we channel our emotion tentacles. I'm just making it up, you know, to find out something. And for me, uh, when I remember the three-month retreat very, very well, it was always frequenting the notes board. I mean, I'm not saying don't go there, but nothing is going to change a lot, actually. <laughs> not a whole lot. No, there is, I should put a caveat, but not a whole lot. But you'd go there and look at the names and read again. <laughs> is it my interview time or what? It was just looking for stimulation. It's amazing, and for me, I had spent a year traveling in in in, in South America, as like uh, Brazil, and Bolivia, and uh, Chile. The entire year traveling, so I was so much used to mental stimulation, seeing this river, uh, this uh, waterfall, that and that. When I came here, actually, to really focus now on just. This, I'm telling you, it wasn't that easy. So I found a way, an avenue of how to find out something to keep me motivated. I don't know whether that's familiar to you. <laughs> yeah, but that really allows a lot of desire. To, there's always desire pushing us, you know, that neurotic pushing to the future as if you're going to see anything special, you know looking at people walking. I remember I was practicing in Burma for two months, and this yogi, I'm telling you, he, I was doing walking meditation like this, walking like this, and I saw a yogi, a fellow monk, taking pictures of my steps. <laughs> I said, what? We're talking about Panditarama Monastery. This is a very strict monastery. I remember it was a Chinese monk. I remember very, very well. I said, what the man can do? 
it's just amazing the mind what it can do when it's looking for entertainment. And then I ask him during tea break, what were you doing? We are not supposed to do that. He said, come, this is not the best way to walk. <laughs> you should walk like this. He's supposed to mind his business. Anyway, <laughs> are we going to finish the 12 of one? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, mindfulness of senses. Uh, if you don't become, if you don't practice mindfulness of six senses, you are in big trouble. You have a, a trouble emotion hijack. Triple. Because there's an eye and there's a visible object and there's eye consciousness, which is in Lehman's language called seeing. So if you, are, you don't become mindful, if you're not mindful as at six senses, each of them is going to arouse some kind of emotion. You're going to get attached to the eyes. You're going to crave to see. You're going to start getting uh, uh, lust for objects. So three, big punch, just in one like that. If you just miss the idea of being mindful at seeing, you get a, a triple punch. <laughs> It's not bad news. <laughs> you can always reverse that. At the moment of seeing, just be mindful of seeing. Man. Actually, that's why we get into papancha. When hearing something, we don't note it as hearing, then we run off. That's when we got our teacher and then just suggest so many things, you know. Mm? You get suggestions, I don't know, papancha. Mm? Mind just proliferating, you know. So anyway, that's number one, two. Uh, that's actually the second one. Mindfulness, or at six senses, which helps you even to prevent emotions from arising. But if they do come, then also another aspect of mindfulness is actually to be mindful of that particular emotion. Anger. Anger. Fear. So, before it was just a six senses, now it's a particular emotion. You become mindful of it, and now, as we said, internally, externally, or both, you can really take it from there. But there's more things we need to do when we are mindful of that particular emotion. You need to really be in a very good state of mind, which I call attitude. Yeah, and not pushing away what you are really uh, focusing on. Don't push it away. Because that to be desired, I mean aversion. Don't indulge in it. That to be greed, again another emotion. Don't ignore it. That that to be actually ignorance. You know? The key is to really now meet it with wisdom. That's why I talked. I told you mindfulness and wisdom to meet this emotion. That would be a proper attitude when you are uh, 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 applying wisdom and understanding to be mindful of. Uh, that particular uh, emotion. Uh, you need also to practice what we call insight. This way, mindfulness now is shifting from being just mindful of the emotion to insight. There are three insights that we can uh, really get. Uh, one is really changing in nature, that the, the emotion is changing. I call that insight. And uh, I give this talk actually. Uh, in the, uh, about mindfulness, I talked about main, 
Yeah, you remember main. So the 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 I there is for the insight. Try to get some insight, and that's a bit of meditation. That okay, even when you are you have a lot of fear and anger, still you can use it as a fertile soil to get wisdom. You know, so you get insight into impermanence, the the unsatisfactory nature of the the emotion, and also the uh, impersonal nature of that emotion. Mm? That's called insights. But also another part for insight, especially for emotions, is about the conditionality. Uh, how do this emotion arise? What are the causes and conditions for this emotion to arise? I've always given you uh, 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 some of it. Is uh, paying anyone's attention? You can also remember that. Uh, when it's arising, when it's being removed, and this when it's uh, for non arising in the future. This is really actually in scripture. We find it in scripture, and I think we are going to repeat it again and again. Uh, that insight is very, very important because you say, okay, whether the emotion's there or not, but I, I'm getting wiser. You know? Then N stands for non clinging, non clinging on to these emotions by way. Or, you see, the way we cling on to emotions is conceit. It's I. I'm the one who's angry. It's my anger. So here the Buddha is telling us not to cling on to this emotion by way of I, mine, myself, which translates like this. I means conceit. Mine means craving. And I am means wrong views. Uh, I went to the office here one time many years ago. I think John, is John not here? He had put something which really, really reminded me of what I have to do with emotion. He said, not I-M-S. Not I-M-S. So not I, not mine, not myself. Wow, I said, wow, we already at I-M-S. <laughs> so this is the non-cling part, right, that if you can remember this, but this is not just words. When anger comes, I'm not IMS. I'm not IMS. No, no. It's not going to work that way. It comes to the, through the progression of what I've talked about already. All right? Now, we are with the list now. Where are we? Number six. Number six, now we need to go and make a short excursion into a discourse the Buddha gave. is called Vitaka Santana Sutta, mindfulness. No, it talks about overcoming destructive thoughts. Now, thoughts are coming in this way. Normally, thoughts feeds into the system of emotions and the other way around. So, by really actually being careful uh, of what kind of thought you have, it can actually help you to unhook yourself from difficult emotions. We start. The first, the number six there is replacing with the opposite. So we need to replace the emotion that you are going through with its opposite. What's the opposite of greed? Yeah, you're thinking about it. <laughs> Generosity. Yeah? So we, we actually substitute with the opposite. The opposite of anger, rage, grudge, with all the friends of anger, there are so many friends and cousins and all. So 
all this, we can always replace it with what? Ah, it's better with meta. <laughs> this is my paramyadi. <laughs> I'll leave up to it. <laughs> you practice loving kindness. And actually, I remember when I, I was going through a lot of pain and Vipassana uh, was not working. And, and I went there in the forest there. And uh, I was having these barge seeds put in the hand, and birds were afraid to come. I threw them there. They started fighting. And I said, I couldn't bear even birds are angry to each other. I'm the one who brought them food. <laughs> they should appreciate. They should not each other like this. But that's what they're doing. I said, don't let me practice a huge dose of loving kindness. I was there in the forest. May you be free from anger. I practice loving kindness, actually, to these birds. And later on, they kind of mixed each other and start cooperate, you know. And uh, later on, I put birds over here. I had a down jacket. Uh, it was cold, actually. So it was winter in 2000. It was cold, 1999. I put on a down jacket and uh, put on something that closes my eyes. You could see only the eyes and the nose. And, uh, and people here at, on the staff, they said, don't go anywhere near the bank. I was like in danger, actually. Where these African, in the tropical, I mean, this tropical person here in the winter here, in December, I said, I'm going to close every part of my body, <laughs> except the eyes to see, and the nose to breathe, and the mouth. So here I am. I was in a forest with all my down jacket. I was putting all seeds around me, and... <laughs> And the birds coming when I send loving kindness. Wow, that's the first time I felt like an airport. <laughs> really, the birds were just landing and taking off, landing and taking off. <laughs> Meantime, I'm there. Oh, may you be well, happy and peaceful. Yeah, happy and peaceful. And when I came, I came to meditate. Whew, I don't know where the penny went. Actually, it went out of the window. I had really practiced all these practice of vipassana, aversion towards my knee was a lot of anger. I was very angry actually about my knee. Pain is not going anywhere. So I went to a did meta, birds, and when I came back, left. Meta can also help. Okay, substitution is very, very important uh, for even emotion like a fear. What's the opposite of fear? is courage. Opposite of confusion is wisdom. So then you replace. That's pretty easy. Hmm? Then we go to the seventh one. Seventh is uh, really reflection. You reflect on the danger of this emotion. It's just when you're driving and uh, you see a police, a traffic police, and uh, what do you do? Do you continue to drive very fast? No, you slow down. So the same thing with uh, uh, when you are kind of having this emotional roller coaster, and uh, you can reflect on the danger of this emotion. 
And then it, it's amazing how it slows down. Uh, these three kind of reflections we find in scripture, one is danger of the emotion, there's anger, then the defilement of the defilement, I mean, the defilement of the emotion. <laughs> so, uh, when you look at the emotion, is when you give in, let's say, let's say it's 10% today, and you continue to really become more angry, more fearful, more craving and all that. So next time when that emotion comes, it even becomes stronger. So that's what we call that it defiles the mind. So reflection that, okay, this emotion is defiling my mind, it helps actually to slow down. Another D is reflection degradation. So you find out the more you have this anger or whatever, the emotion, it really degrades you. Your minds become weaker weaker and weaker. And when you look at uh, how people relate to you when you have this difficult emotion, mm, they say, wow, this person's always losing it. <laughs> so they really don't take you in the same kind of uh, status. And if you're kind, they say, wow, this person is loving and kind and all this. It's just amazing. At least that's what I saw the first time I met his owners, the Dalai Lama in India. Uh, in, uh, it was 1991. I met him and uh, so this being beaming with loving kindness and compassion, really you can really feel it. You, know, you can feel it. You can even reflect on that. You know. Yeah. So then uh, that also helps with reflection. Uh, then number where are we? I even forgot where we are in <laughs> numbers, but it doesn't matter the numbers. The matter what matters the knowledge. Another one is called redirection method. Redirection method. Uh, this is when you redirect your mind from a particular emotion and you shift it to something else, like the breath. Uh, like some people might remember vacation, but maybe in meditation practice, you might want to shift just uh, to the breath, to something wholesome. And for me, this works a lot in my practice, I do this a lot. When there's some tension or fear or what, then I just come to the breath. It's just amazing how it works. And later on when I read it, or before even I read it, uh, I remember when I was in Uganda and I was talking to somebody, and somebody said, Bante, give me a minute. I want to talk to this person. I said, no, 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 wait, wait. He said, no, no, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Please, just one minute. And then I said, okay, talk to this person. And it's amazing. This person talked for one minute, two minutes, five minutes. And then he, this person left. And then this person now, I was talking to this person. What were you talking about? I've forgotten. So really, I've forgotten where we stopped. So in other words, you lose the momentum once you really actually shift from that particular emotion and go to the breath you lose the momentum. And then uh, maybe the emotion doesn't have a strong grip on you. It doesn't have that strong grip on you. Later on, uh, in Psychology 101, uh, I read a book, Psychology 101, about sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system. I said, wow, why did, how did the Buddha know this, knew this, you know? 
with the when you go into these systems, like when you have a sympathetic nervous system, you are tensed, you are really, really ready to fight, and all these emotions, I mean, the hormones, as we talked about the, the real issues and the tissues, really the hormones are really kicking in and all that. And now, when you really uh, relax, hmm? relax, it crosses from sympathetic nervous system to parasympathetic nervous system. And that's when the whole body, everything changes. The breathing and the whole thing comes back to normal. I said, Buddha was a biologist. He was here in a suit. I was talking about redirecting your mind to something else. And then it, you overcome this. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. So use this because it has a biological basis. How you can switch from sympathetic nervous system to parasympathetic nervous system where everything's relaxed and you are good to go. Then you are going to deal with emotions very well if you know how to shift gears from something that is really tensed and charged to relaxation. That's why we say come back to the breath. Come back to the breath. Come back home. And for me, actually, sometimes when uh, I had some difficult emotions, or, eh, you know, we go through also these emotions. We don't become piece of logs when you become a mom, you know. <laughs> you still lose children. I mean, you lose friends and all that. And sometimes it, it can hurt, sometimes, or even somewhere in pain. I just find a small spot, some soft areas in my body, like around the heart, the heart and I hold it. I will hold that part. Is redirecting, in other words. If I have pain in any here, it's so painful, I just find which part of the body that is soft and warm. I will just hold it like this. And that becomes my refuge. I just hold it like this. Anyway, redirection works. Now we go to number nine. Probably nine, I don't know. Let me see my list. Let me write. Where are we? Somewhere. Retracing number nine. So retracing is just like a going back. Reflection is forward looking. What's going on? As I told you, the traffic police in Uganda, we call them traffic police. I don't know why you call them here. Uh, you're driving very fast, and then you reflect that I'm going to get a ticket. Uh, in the USA, is five hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, five fifty. I don't know, but in Uganda, it's a little bit cheap, but. <laughs> <laughs> But normally, and you gotta, you can actually give the, the traffic person so if, leave me alone. I'm, and, but you don't do it in the United States. <laughs> so anyway, so the ticket you get, you know, when you're angry, you know, and different difficult emotions, you really lose peace of mind. Losing peace of mind is the ticket you get, and it's not easy to bring that peace of mind actually. Losing it is easy, but really bring back to the peace of mind and to your, uh, coming back to really having peace of mind is not easy. So reflection was really actually thinking about reflecting on a ticket you are going to get. Hmm? But in retracing is backwards. Looking backwards, why am I the person who is always angry? Hmm? Why am I the person who's always fearful? 
So in other words, you are looking for springboards. Springboards. What's this? The nourishing. What, what's nourishing this kind of emotion? You'll find out. And for instance, fear. What's nourishing it might be craving. Uh, maybe what's nourishing uh, fear might be aversion. Maybe uh, ignorance. So you find out what's really the root. And then and that also can help. Number 10, making a strong resolve. In Pali language, we call it aditana. Aditana, meaning strong resolve. I'm not going to let this anger uh, control my life. Uh, we find this resolution in many places whereby they talk about uh, I'm not going to let the sun go down with anger. Uh, for me, I do it every morning, actually. Every morning, as soon as I wake up, every single morning I wake up, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get this. And I'm going to uh, practice loving kindness and compassion. And I'm going to be kind. I just got this from His Holiness the Dalam, actually. This reflection every morning. I have a precious life. I'm a, uh, I'm not going to waste my energy. I'm going to use all my energy to attain enlightenment for all beings, uh, for the benefit of beings, including myself. I'm not going to get angry. And all. So I do it actually every morning since to, 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 since 2000. I got this from England, actually. A friend of mine from England sent me this post. With, uh, for, uh, I, actually, I, I gave one to the office here. They have a copy there. Uh, it was talking about the Dharma's practice on how to wake up and set up the stage for the day. I'm telling you, it has been very, very powerful to really make that determination every morning. I'm, not, I'm going to uh, be kind. I'm, I'm going to, uh, to practice loving kindness. I'm not going to get angry. But the thing is, you really get angry, actually, also. It's not a button you switch on and off. You do, actually, sometimes get disappointed. But what I found out, how the, the beauty about this determination, is that you remember that you made that resolution in the morning. And sometimes it helps to reduce I said, no, this is my commitment. In every morning, I've been really committing myself to, to be more kind and not to be grumpy and be angry and all that. So really, it helps that you remember that you did it in the morning. <laughs> and it helps you to say, wow, what are the tools I have? There should be some tools that I have. You know, for me, when I was young, growing up in Uganda, I would get disappointed and I got a potato. In, in Uganda, we call them potatoes, but I don't know here you call it frogs or what, in, in a throat. Do you know what I'm talking about? For us, it's just like a, something like is strangling you here like that. When your sibling de, de, uh, disappoints you, you really get disappointed and something like strangling you like this. You know, I didn't have any tools. I didn't have any tools, and I was really suffering a lot until that thing subsided, and I was really helpless, you know. But when I came to Buddhism and I saw this toolbox, you know, it gave me a lot of joy, actually, that these tools that you can use to deal with emotions. Number 11. We are about there. We are getting there. <laughs> right speech solutions. I've been giving these talks and say, hey, where is the position of communication? 
right speech solutions. Because when you you tell lie, when you speak harshly, when you actually speak uh, meaningless, when you speak uh, divisively, that becomes a, a brooding ground for emotion to arise. What if you change that and you speak what's true, truthful, meaningful, kind, and harmoniously? Then you you can prevent even these emotions from coming. There's even a whole communication uh, that is called nonviolence communication. I remember I was on staff here in 2000. We IMS used to hire somebody from green somewhere around there, Greenfield. He, she used to come here and train us as staff members. All of us. I was in the front office in 2000, so he would tr- she would train us and and train us in the kitchen, housekeeping. So actually speech, if you work on your communication, you can overcome uh, difficult emotions. Because really, a lot of it is coming from communication. And the regret. You say something and you regret, ah, I won't have said this. And somebody's gone. You can't get them back. So communication, communication, and communication. Skillful communication. Lastly, forgiveness. And I think somebody will talk more about forgiveness in our talks here. I'm not going to talk more about this. Forgiveness is very effective because it requires you that you have overcome anger in order to forgive. But the one thing I want to tell you is forgiveness is a process. Is a process. Uh, it's not condoning what the bad thing people did. Uh, it's not approval. It's not weakness. It's actually the opposite of that. It's strength. Is the willingness to let go of the emotion, commotion, of feeling hurt or wounded. Yes, it's a very, very effective practice. And uh, I read one book which helped me a lot with forgiveness because... Uh, had a lot of things to forgive also, to forgive, especially forgiving myself. There's a book that I read which really changed my life about this practice on forgiveness. I knew from Buddhist perspective where the Buddhas talked about one who forgives is wise. And we do it as monastics to forgive each other. But when I read this book, it's called Forgive for Good. It's called by Fred Luxin. They have a program in Stanford University on the, on the West Coast. Wow, there's a place where he talked about the reason why we cannot forgive. He talked about the three links, which he calls uh, vicious circle. He, talk, he, he talked about why we are unable to forgive. He's taking things too personally. That was one thing. When we take things too personally, we can't forgive. Then the second link is when we play blame game, we blame others. In other words, we don't take responsibility of our actions and all that. Then, the third link to why we don't forgive is telling grievance story. When you're a victim, always in the story you're a victim. But in that book, it talks about going in circles like this, like this, like from taking things too personally, then a brain game, grievance stories. Then, it's very difficult to get out. But it never talks about a virtuous circle. He was talking about vicious circle. I said, let's create a, a virtuous circle. 
<laughs> and I say I quickly drew it, you know, think, not taking things too personally. Uh, he, he was talking about it, but he never drew the circle. So I drew it myself. Take some responsibility. Fifty percent, fifty percent, whatever percentage you want to own. <laughs> but if you say always hundred percent is the other side, and you're not there, you're just this. You cannot forgive. But you say, oh, maybe also two percent. I have some hand in this. Maybe the ninety-eight percent is the other person. But you should also have some kind of responsibility, you know. Uh, find some responsibility, and if you cannot find out, never mind. But then go, okay, can you see yourself as a victor, hmm? not always a victim? As a, something that also you have that strength to be really, because if you forgive, then you, are, you have a victory, isn't it? If you are able to give, you are healing and all that. So I found a book was very interesting to really find out how I can step out of that circle. Friends, that's what I can see in a short time here like this. <laughs> Twelve ways how to detox. Thank you very much. I offer this for your reflection. I hope I didn't cause speech indigestion. Forgive me if I did. Let's sit for a moment or two. The arising of emotions is beyond our control, but mindfulness and wisdom can make a difference between being caught up in emotions, difficult emotions, and being free.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.